We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. episode here of setting the pace i'm your host alex golden i'm joined today by michael the zinger fachi fachi what's going on brother hey alex i am not the only one that you are going to be joined by today because we have the franchise himself an episode we we thought was maybe never even possible but you know what we got him pacer nation tyrese halliburton himself coming on the show for setting the pace debut how about that Oh man, it's gonna be a fun one. Yeah, we got we got Tyrese coming up uh in just a few minutes, but I gotta ask you, you know what I was referring to there when I called you the zinger? No, I wasn't. You know what? I was just too excited about Tyrese coming on. I just your your joke probably went over my head. What do you got for me? Your man, your your Washington Wizards big man, Kristaps Porzingis. So that's that's <laughs> how little I care about the Wizards to the point wasn't even on my radar. But man, for those of you that can't see it right now, I'm rocking an old school Jermaine O'Neal jersey. So ain't no Wizards joke going to hurt me. I'm all about the Pacers. And today is going to be one of the most fun episodes we've ever had. So, Alex, I mean, what are you looking forward to talking with Tyrese about? Yeah, I mean, just kind of getting his knowledge uh, on, you know, how he's going about working out this summer. What is what are some of the goals that he has set up for himself and that kind of stuff? And I know we're really interested to hear more about Ben Mather, maybe a little bit and maybe hear about what he likes about Indianapolis. You know, what kind of places he likes to visit, that kind of thing. So that'll be really cool. But overall, I mean, I'm just really excited to hear from the franchise himself and get his thoughts on the Indiana Pacers and this team moving forward. No doubt about it. I mean, I want to know, you know, what's the progress that the team has made in the offseason? Like, what are his expectations for this season? And just also learn about Tyrese off the court. I mean, there is a lot that we still need to learn about this man because, hey, 
If he's playing some roots over here, we need to know the full picture about our starting point guard because you can see everybody's starting to talk about, hey, I want to play with Tyrese or, wow, the Pacers got Tyrese over there. Yeah. It's like he's kind of the engine that's making us go towards this future. So no no better person to hear it from than himself. Yeah, and that, that's a great way to close out this opening segment, Fachi. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll bring on the franchise himself, the one and only Tyrese Halliburton. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We now welcome on your starting point guard, the man that we call the franchise, none other than Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese, what's going on? What's up, guys? Appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. So, Tyrese, for years, it felt like Alex and I were on this show like some old men on our porch just saying, we need a true point guard for this team. And out of nowhere, our wish is granted. You come to Indiana. Can you tell us what it means to you to be a true point guard? Because it's a dying breed right now. And I'm going to be honest, I don't think anyone is more of a true point guard right now than you are. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I always have felt like I've, I'm a point guard my whole life. I felt that way. Um, and then when I got to the NBA, you know, 2K came out. I'm like, oh, let me get on the game, see what's going on. They had me as a shooting guard. And I'm like, what? And then I started the whole, the, you know, I started this year as the technically the shooting guard, right? And on social media all the time, it's like, uh, when they're like doing the little list players, like, oh, this guy's a dollar, this guy's two dollars, this guy three dollars, like make your starting five. For some reason, I'm in the shooting guard category, and I'm like, what? Because it doesn't make sense to me 
but I'm glad that coming to Indiana, I'm able to uh, showcase what I can do as a full-time point guard. And I'm really, ex I'm just like excited and thankful for the opportunity to, you know, kind of play, play point guard full-time and uh, be able to do what I do best. Yeah, and speaking of positions, I mean, I think it's funny. They, they've they listed Terry Taylor everywhere you look at as a shooting guard. It's like, do you guys not watch Terry Taylor play? Like, this guy is not a shooting guard. But, um, you know, positions are just whatever at this point. But I, I have to ask you, you know, going into this year, what, what goals do you have set up for yourself? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I, I haven't necessarily wrote, written them down yet. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I want to be a 20 and 10 guy. I want to be an all-star, uh, plain and simple. Those are the two biggest things for me. So that's that's individually that's what's what's on my mind going into the season. Okay. Well, we got that All Star game coming to Indiana pretty soon, so we'd love to have you representing us in there. So I definitely see an All Star, you know, a few, quite a few All Star nominations in your future. But you know, you were very vocal about wanting to take on that challenge in Sacramento, right the ship over there. I think everybody respected that. I know things went in a different direction. However, when you came over to become an Indiana Pacer, every single fan was nothing short of ecstatic to have you, you know, be on our team. So how does it feel to be embraced by every single Pacer fan? Because I'm telling you, if you win here, you will be immortalized. Yeah, I, I think I was, you know, obviously the shock and the, you know, the the pain, whatever, of getting traded, whatever. Uh, but coming to Indiana right away, the love was just insane. Um, my dad came, my dad and my girl came to the first game and sat courtside and just told me after the game how much, you know, how much love they were getting for people walking around, you know, throughout the arena. Um, and the, the fans were very vocal about their their excitement for me, not only, you know, on social media after the trade and things like that, but, you know, as we jumped in and got right to the first game and moving forward for the rest of the season. So uh, the love has been been awesome. You know, that's my biggest thing is just obviously I wanted, like you said, wanted to, you know, make it work in second. I feel like there's a lot of love there still, you know, between me and the fans and now being here, um, just kind of want to embrace the community, embrace the fans, embrace the culture of Indiana basketball. You know, that's been been my biggest thing, you know, just trying to show how, you know, authentic and real I am. Yeah, and I mean, you bring up the culture. I'm curious, you know, what is the biggest difference in culture between Sacramento and uh, Indiana? Yeah, I got that question at All-Star break, and I said – that Indiana is used to winning, and I got some, I got some, some, some flock for that. Uh, but the, the truth, the truth is, my you know, for the majority of my lifetime, the Pacers have been in the playoffs, right? I grew up a big LeBron fan, so uh, you know, I watched all the series with with PG and Granger and Roy Hibbert, David West, my boy Lance. Like I watched all those series, you know. So I've watched Pacers basketball my whole life, being so close, being in the same division to you know my hometown, the Bucks, and. Um, you know, just being able to, um, you know, wa watch how, how they act as an organization. Going somewhere like SAC where they haven't been to the playoffs for, what is it, 15, 16 years now, um, it's it's different. They're, they're trying to build something. They're, they're in the midst of trying to figure out what that is, how they can get over that hump. In Indy, they've been there before. They've seen it before, right? They've had all-stars. They've had, you know, great players before. So they know what the recipe is. So, um you know, I think there's a difference in, in, in that facet, not only from, you know, the front office who was here with PG and those guys, but down to the coaches, right? Carlisle's won championship in Dallas. He's been around Dirk. He's been around Luca. He's been around great players. So they just know what it takes. You know, you talked about how Indiana's used to winning. I mean, this fan base is absolutely rabid for a winning team. We are bloodthirsty like a pack of vampires out here to get back to winning. So, 
overall, I mean, winning, it's synonymous in Indiana, but what do you feel that this young core needs to do to take that step together to get back to the playoffs? Yeah, I, I mean, like you, you hit it up, hit, hit the nail on the head, right? Like we're young, like we're really young. There's like mistakes that are going to be made. There's growing pains that have to be made. We have to work on a little bit different things than other uh, than other teams probably have to, right? Different uh, reads, different things just that a young group needs to work on for the game to slow down for everybody, right? Top to bottom, I think, for everybody. And I think the biggest thing for us is just like playing hard, controlling what we can control, right? Like it's not always going to look the prettiest, not always going to look amazing, but like we have to go out there, like play balls to the wall 100% at all times. We're young. Like there should be no excuse of like, uh, man, like back to back. Oh, uh, like, you know, what? I look at it, like I'm 22. I played 77 games last year, I think. I got, I, and only two of them were because I was hurt. The other two were COVID. One was during the trade, right? Like, like in my mind, I could play basketball all day. And I think if everybody has that mindset, like, let's just like, like, let's really just fall in love with the game, fall in love with the growth process, right? Not try to, we know we want to win, but it, it ain't going to happen overnight, right? Like we're not going to be the best team in the East overnight, but it's like, we got to fall in love with that process of getting there, everything it takes to get there, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And that's what will, will let us take the next step. And I think it's going to be really more enjoyable being a core that does it together. And that builds because if you're just adding players all the time, it might not have that same, you know, culture type of thing where you're like, hey, we did this together. We built this. We you know it was us young guys that established Indiana and we kind of branded the whole entire uh, Pacers look and, and how things are going about. But, you know, I think it's pretty obvious you're the leader of this team now moving forward with how everything's gone and with the trades that have been made moving off of Sabonis and Brogdon and kind of going in this younger direction like we talked about. But I'm curious. As a leader, what does that responsibility entail? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for being a leader in anything, not just in sports, but in any facet of life, is just being who you are, being staying true to who you are, right? I am not the type of person, like I, I've struggled, I guess, my whole life. I've led my whole life, I feel like, in some you know, shape, form, or fashion, but my way of leading isn't the same as everybody else's, right? I had to learn at a young age. You can yell at this guy because of the relationship that you have with this person, right? I feel like there are certain people that I know I can get on, cuss at, say whatever I want to say, and they're going to respond the right way. Whereas there's other people where they're, they got to be led in different ways, right? They got to be, you know, kind of like, you know, come on, like, you know what I mean? Like show more love and attention to you, but that's, that's just with everybody. That's just with everybody in life. So I guess it's all these growing factors to learning how to lead the correct way. But at the end of the day, I'm just going to be who I am, right? I love basketball. I really enjoy life. Like I'm so blessed to be where I am today. And we all are in the fact that we get paid a lot of money to play a child's game. You know what I mean? mean so uh that's my biggest thing is like let's just come together have fun with what we do don't show up here don't be like grumpy about you know things whatever playing time whatever missing shots it doesn't matter like get like you want to be great i get it but let's like just have fun with what we do that's going to help everything love it now this is your first off season with the pacers but man tyrese it is a massive off season and compared to previous years i'm telling you one of the first things alex and i and the rest of the fan base noticed was you boys are out there getting it. I mean, working together, getting that offseason work in far earlier than in previous years for other Pacer teams. Can you provide some sort of insight on maybe, you know, what the guys are improving upon? 
Yeah, I think what we talked about earlier, just a little bit of the the fundamental things of of playing basketball the right way. So making certain reads, whether that's at the rim, finishing the right time to kick out, um, reading closeouts, you know, playing one on one, playing two on two, just learning the right, making the right extra pass, just learning how to do those little things that you don't really think of too much, but can take you a long way. And it it, it works especially with having such a young group. There's so much time to like go so much room to grow that like guys understand like, okay, we work on this. We're going to get this down. Then that's like one small thing. Let's move on to the next. Let's move on to the next. And I think that our front office, our coach staff did a really good job of setting certain times that they wanted the young guys to be there. And then, you know, myself, I was just in Indy, you know, the times that, you know, technically guys didn't have to be yet. And just like, you know, kind of, you know, figuring out things in, in the city, one, you know, in life, but also just like getting getting right with coaches and the strength guys and just, you know, get it, getting everything together as we move on, getting ready for the season. That's great stuff. And, I, and I'm curious, you know, I, I want to go talk about you a little bit more here. And I'm, I'm curious, you said that LeBron James is your favorite player, uh, you know, growing up, you really like watching him kick the Pacers butt. But um, I'm, I'm curious, you know, basketball wise, what players did you idolize the most growing up? And who do you feel like you modeled your game after? Yeah, that's a good question. I I think the the teams I always watched were wherever LeBron played. So early in Cleveland, I really got into basketball like heavy, like knew every player when he went to Miami, right? And then that's when like, all right, now I really like Dwayne Wade. I really like Ray Allen. You know what I mean? I really like these these guards. Um, and then when he went back to Cleveland, that's when I got really started to watch Kyrie. And I was like, man, I love, love watching Kyrie. Like he's amazing. In my, in my eyes, he's one of the most skilled basketball players that's ever played basketball. Um, so like, I kind of just fell in, fell in love with, with that, but I would like stay up late. I was early on Steph, right? Like I was like watching West coast games. Like I was early, like telling my friends, like, yo, I really like this guy. I think he could be the MVP. Wins the MVP, and then I'm like, hold on, timeout. Like he's like kind of competing with LeBron. Like I gotta relax. You know what I mean? That was like <laughs> that was like that was me as a kid. Um, but I guess just like in terms of like modeling my game after, I just I wa- I'm like a basketball junkie. Like I'm I really love watching basketball and everything. So um, like I just have watched so much basketball. I don't think there's anybody in specific. I just really enjoy different parts to people's games and trying to incorporate that in what I do. And I think it's even like. Even today, like where I am, like this weekend, going and watching my kids play, my, my AU kids play in a tournament this weekend. I'm like watching that, like, oh, I like that. I was like, I need to work on that a little bit. You know what I mean? Just like just watching basketball from top to bottom. Like I just watch so much that I just try to learn as much as I can. It's definitely evident that your love for the game is through the roof. I think that's extremely important, especially in a point guard. Hey, leading by example, if the love for the game is there, it's never going to feel like work, especially if you're putting in extra work. But one guy right now that it's obvious that he's been putting in work is the newest addition to the team, Benedict Matherin. I mean, all all summer league second team. I think if he played a couple more games, probably would have been first team. But regardless, some you know, word has it you had a few exchanges before the you know the draft with them. We saw that Instagram picture over there. Can you speak a little bit about you know to the fan base what it's going to be like playing with Benedict Matherin for years to come? Yeah, I think. The biggest thing, first and foremost, is just growing our relationship, learning more about each other, uh, little nuances, little things about each other. Um, and the more we play together in practice and other things, just learning, you know, the right spots that he wants the ball, that I want the ball, how we can feed off each other the best. But I think it's it's a really good fit. Um, one is people. I think it's like a, a, a great match in the sense of like 
we, we approach the game in different ways. We approach a lot of things in different ways where it's like, I'm more of a vocal guy. He's more of like a lead by example. Right. And I'm like a, like a lead vocally type of person. Um, but I, I think that he can bring a lot of different things. He can really shoot the ball. Um, he's used to playing off the ball, which is going to work well with me. Cause obviously you guys know I have the ball in my hands a lot. So, uh, just figuring out how to play off me. I think he's like a really talented cutter. Um, and physically, he's really gifted. You guys see, like, he's a strong guy, right? That was going to yeah. allow him to, to guard multiple positions. And like I said, we're also young. There's still things that, like, he got, like, he's going to learn in the NBA that you don't really do in college or before that, right? Like, physical guys learn once they get to the NBA. Oh, I can bump people and then take two steps. Like, in high school and college, that's a travel. In the NBA, like, it's not. You know what I mean? You can bump guys, then get to your two steps. And I feel like the more he figures that out, that, you know, we were going to be really good. And he also, I think, is a very talented defender. Again, his physical attributes allow him to do that very well. And I think he really is a student of the game. He's just, like, he loves basketball as well, which that's, you know, all I'm about. Like, I love being around people who love what they do. So uh, I'm really excited to play alongside him and, and grow together. Yeah, I thought he was excellent in, in summer league. And I, I can understand why the Pacers shut him down after three games. They probably had seen enough. And I think that last game really just showed me a lot with his ability to get to the free throw line. I think he had 10 free throws that game. So just using that upper strength, that upper body strength, I think is going to be huge for him. And I think that's something the Pacers have needed for a while is, you know, probably since Paul George, just someone that's a little bit athletically gifted at getting to the free throw line and, and getting, you know, pressure, putting pressure on opposing defenses. But um, this is more of like a hypothetical question. So I'm just changing up a little bit here, but I'm curious if you could bring back any former Pacer of all time in their prime to play with you, who would it be and why? Anybody. Anybody, NBA Pacer-wise. No ABA stuff, but, you know. Uh, probably Paul George, honestly. He's a good uh, uh, he's a good friend of mine, but at okay. the same time, like, it's where the game is, is wings, you know. The, the game and, and wings get along really well right now. And obviously, he's a, a two, two-way guy that can score, ball well, defend. Probably, probably PG. We, we do have some uh, history there with Paul George. So I think, you know, if you want to, you know, make that relationship a little bit better, I mean, <laughs> we'd be fine with it. I think I think fans would be happy if Paul came back, right. despite yeah. how things were when he left. <laughs> we're in our feelings because we would have loved to see you play with Paul George ever since he's left. You know, we've kind of had that need for what he brings to the table. But overall, you know, your passing might be what gets you noticed all off the page to your, your average fan. But also feel like you're a real good scorer. But I think what kind of maybe people can't, you know, uh, sleep on is your defense. I mean, as it relates to steals, I mean, it, it, it's through the roof. Can you speak a little bit about how your defense has grown over the years? <laughs> I'm glad you said that because – if you ask some people in my life, they tell me I'm a terrible defender. Um, <laughs> I, I think I'm just, I think I just, I'm really active with my hands. I do a good job of getting in passing lanes. And that just comes from growing up, like being better than other kids and like just reading the game, like oh, I'm going to sag off. So they think it's open, I go steal it. And uh, also in high school, we played one, three, one. So I was always on the wing and they never came to my side. They go to the other side. So it was just about like kind of uh, playing the middle between the block and like half court 
reading in the middle, getting steals, tip outs for layups and dunks and stuff. Um, so I think it's just like a product of how I've grown up and uh, playing passing lanes and things like that, just being active with my hands. Uh, but yeah, I feel like my whole life that I've been pretty good at that. I just obviously got to get stronger to take on the challenge of staying in front of guys, guarding multiple positions. Um, but yeah, I feel like I'm pretty good with my hands. I want to ask about Rick Carlisle because this is obviously a legendary coach, won an NBA championship with the Mavericks and was here with the Pacers during the infamous brawl that kind of destroyed that team that had a good chance of winning a championship. Um, what is your relationship like with him? I know you talked about this a little bit during the summer league, but, you know, maybe share some funny stories that you have with Coach Carlisle, anything like that, that we could get a behind-the-scenes picture of what your relationship's like with uh, with Coach Rick, if anything you can share. <laughs> I can think of some. I can think of some. But before I say any story, I think that we have uh, a very real and authentic relationship. Um, I feel like ideas bounce off each other really well. He did like a really good job. And, and I feel like I'm a pretty good communicator early when I got there of him being like, what do you like? What do you see? Maybe like, hey, buddy really likes this action to get him shots. Like maybe like I, I really like this action as an idea for us to put in um, or uh, for myself, I really like to go this way or, or like this action for myself. He's done a really good job of asking like, okay, well, how can – we, for example, like how can I get you uh, off the ball? Like, what's your favorite action off the ball for you to get it back? Like, oh, okay, this is what I like. You know what I mean? So I feel like our, our relationship has grown a lot in just being able to bounce ideas off each other. And I, like I said, I tell him, just tell me whatever you're thinking, right? And be as real as you can with me. And I'll tell you how, I'm not going to like sit back. I'm going to tell you how I feel about it. And like, if you want to run a set and I don't like what I see, I'm going to say, I don't like this one. Maybe let's run this one. Or if you don't like what I'm calling, you tell me, like, let's just try to, you know, bounce off each other. And because my job as a point guard is to be the coach on the floor. Right? Yeah. That's all I've been told. My job is to kind of see what he sees on the floor. And I feel like we've done a really good job of growing that relationship to where, you know, we both see that. I'm still trying to think of a, of a Rick story for, for you, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll think as this goes on and see if I can. Remember okay. one. We'll come back to it. Uh, you know, one thing that I think maybe a knock on the Pacers in the past has been people felt that they wouldn't spend the money necessary to compete with the top teams in the league. Even if it didn't work out, what was your reaction to hearing that the Pacers offered DeAndre the largest offer sheet in NBA history, showing that they will spend money to bring a winning product to Indiana? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that we're aggressive, right? Our front office is aggressive to – want to get back in the playoffs, right? We've It's an organization that, like I talked about earlier, my feels like for the majority of my lifetime has apparently been in the playoffs. So uh, they're aggressive to get back. They're aggressive to compete for championships as they, you know, as they should be, as any, any organization should be. And obviously, um, you know, they offered DA that, that deal and he accepted it. And, uh, you know, I think it, it, it was benefit. It would have been beneficial, right? Uh, yeah. He's a great player, uh, but you know, Phoenix. Phoenix obviously matched it as they, you know, probably should. And you know, you just kind of move on from it. But you know, obviously, like you guys said, I think in all small markets, right? There's always that knock of they're not aggressive enough. They don't spend enough money, and it kind of comes with the territory a little bit with that, that narrative for teams. And it's true majority of the time, but uh, it's definitely good to see our front office be aggressive and, 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 and pursue, uh, you know, other players. Yeah, I think for me as a fan, I think the biggest thing is just, you know, seeing them do it was was awesome, but 
I just don't want to hear excuses like, oh, we can't get these guys in here. It's like, we understand the challenges for sure. I just don't want to be told that's why you couldn't go after them. At least be aggressive because I think showing that you're aggressively going after them, even if you get told no, at least we know you tried. And I think that's kind of where I stood with it. And personally, I thought the fit with you and Aiden would have been fantastic. I was uh, talking, trying to talk everybody into it that might have been against it um, just because paying centers is something that people have been not very high on, but um, we are going to transition to some rapid fire questions if you're ready for that. So uh, we will, we got about 10 of them for you. So, you know, uh, answer as quick as you can, but as authentic as you can as well. So uh, I'm curious, what is your Mount Rushmore of places to eat in Indiana? Oh, what a question. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. St. Elmo's, of course. What's the spot next St. Elmo's? Uh, uh, Harry and Izzy's. Okay, right? They're like, they're, yeah, I think they're like a sister company with them, right? Yeah, St. Elmo's and Harry and Izzy's for sure, no question. There's a Italian spot close to where I live that I fell in love with very fast, and I'm trying to remember the name. Is it? Because I'm terrible with names. Is it the place that uh, Coach and Jalen went to? I don't think so. On college? I don't know. Iaria, something like that? It's not on college. It's not on college. It's, uh, that's not it. (laughs) Oh, Ambrosia. Okay. I've never been there. Trust me. And then, you know, my favorite of them all, Cafe (laughs) Patichu. Man, Cafe Patichu. I'm a big breakfast guy. Cafe Patichu, the the, the, uh, French toast and the cinnamon bread. Insane. So this, this is my top four. Okay. Love it. Love it. Toughest player that you've had a guard? Kyrie. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite Pacers jersey? Oh, yellow pinstripe. No question. <laughs> yellow pinstripe. I got the shorts in the in the room right now. Uh, so you're talking the old pinstripe. throwbacks, not the ones you guys currently wear. No, not the ones we no, wear. No, I got the short the old ones. ones. Yeah, you yeah, got the blue pinstripe on right now. Right now, but also, uh, who is more confident in themselves, you or Benedict Matherin? <laughs> Benedict <laughs> Matherin. Benedict <laughs> Matherin. Um, what song or artist gets you the most hype before a game? It's, it's so cliche, but probably Drake. I, he just his catalog is. Insane. Everybody says that. But let me. Okay, if I go with the second one. And probably, probably Kanye. I got a lot of Kanye in my phone. Okay. Uh, top three NBA players of all time to you? To me, my yeah. opinion. Mm-hmm. Not in order. Not factual either, your opinion. Not in order. No, I mean. Not yeah. in order. Let's tell us your Not top order. three. We don't, we don't got to do rankings. LeBron, sure. Mike, LeBron, Mike, and Kobe. Okay. All right. I love it. Okay. Uh, let me ask you this one. What coach on the roster is the funniest? Are the coaches uh, funny? Do you get Par- that side of them? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Funny. Pargo. Pargo, for sure. Pargo's okay. my guy. He's hilarious. <laughs> All right. If you could build a WWE faction of yourself and three wrestlers, who would you pick? Oh, Cena, Shawn Michaels. Those two are locks, no question. And we need, like, an enforcer. So I'm going to probably uh, – I'm not going to say – I kind of want to say Undertaker. I thought you were going to say that. You're talking Enforcer. That he's, he's the guy. I mean – Yeah, but, like, in terms of, like, just the look, like, 
uh, 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 Shawn Michaels, John Cena look. I like, I like the stable like that. Yeah, it, it ain't about the. It's just like a, the scarier look. I'll go with Kane, like yeah. OG, OG Kane, mask, half arm, like not talking. Kane. You know, he's got he's no. got the voice box. I'll be the mouth. I'll be the mouthpiece. I'll do all the talking. They, okay, they got, all right. They got all that. Okay, I I can respect that. I mean, Kane's fire is pretty sick too. So. Uh, nothing more scary than that. But, uh, okay, let me ask you this. Best and worst dressers on the team. <laughs> so you got to call them out. You got to call them out. <laughs> best, dressed, best dressed is me, for sure. <laughs> O'Shea is up there, and, and, and MT Miles is up there. Yeah. Worst dressed last season, my man Malcolm. Ooh, he knows, <laughs> he knows it too. Um, if not Malcolm – uh, I'm gonna say Goga. <laughs> oh man, because he thinks great. he thinks he's fly. He thinks oh he's no! Fly. But I would say Goga. Goga's at the towards the bottom. Yeah, he's he's Hold got on, a nice beard. Jalen Smith. Timeout. Not Goga. Jalen Smith. <laughs> oh Jaylen man, Smith. that feels like Jalen. Jalen will tell y'all I don't care. Like Jalen tell like I don't care. Like as long as I'm comfortable, I don't care. Uh, sometimes I'll be like, Yo, bro, like, come on, like, be better than that. And he's like, Ah. So well, Jalen Smith. Jaylen let Smith is let me follow up. What did you think about Miles' blue mittens that he wore inside of the Barclays Center for the last game of the season? To each their own. <laughs> yeah. It, it was out there. It was out there. But here's one thing. I'm I like it, though. I like, I like being different, though. I like, being, yeah. I like different, doing different things, like being unique. I like that. But for me, when where? You're going to have to talk to O'Shea and Lance because when it came to this question, they did not mention you for best dressed. But they went with themselves, so I guess that's what the theme is over here. That's ridiculous. If you took a if you took a poll on social media, I'm winning. So that's all that matters. To okay. Me. All right. Now, since we're on the, the topic of being dressed, uh, not really, I guess, a rapid fire, but we could treat it as a rapid fire. I've seen you wear some straight up fire wrestling shirts. We got the Shawn Michaels shirt. You got recently at Summer League WCW NWO. You came on our show as we speak with the Triple H shirt. I gotta know. Favorite wrestler of all time? Who are you going with? Favorite wrestler is John Cena, no question. Uh, my era carried the era. He's carried WWE to what it is now. He's had the company on his back for over a decade, and I'm in the middle of collecting every John Cena shirt ever worn. I think there's like 50s ever worn on TV, uh, and yeah. I have like 35, so I got like 15 more to go. So. Definitely John Cena. When I worked at WWE, I raided the closet all the time. So I got just like your standard, you can't see me shirt. My, it might have been like 2013 or something like that. Yeah, John Cena is my favorite wrestler for sure. Shawn uh, Michaels. Also, real quick, Tyrese, didn't Shawn Michaels tweet you out when you got drafted? How did that even happen? Yeah, so I was on WWE's The Bump during pre-draft. They knew how big of a wrestling fan I was. Um, so I just, uh, when I got drafted, uh, Magic tweeted at me because Magic knew how big of a fan I am. Uh, but I was actually just as surprised as everybody else when Sean Michaels tweeted at me. It was really cool. But I've been able to grow a pretty, uh, pretty cool relationship with, with the WWE and uh, just like have the opportunity to. Last year I went to SummerSlam. I sent pro at SummerSlam when Becky returned. And uh, that was an, an awesome opportunity. So everybody knows it's just a, a really big deal, a big, big deal to me. If The Rock comes back from WrestleMania and we're not playing that day, I'm going to be there, hopefully. I'm trying to be there, like, no question. So we'll, we'll Roman Reigns will happen. It'll be a WrestleMania moment. Uh, it, real quick, you ever getting in the ring if the opportunity presents itself? 
All right, I'm going to tell a story that's never been told before on this, on this show. Okay. True story. Last year, WWE came to Sacramento. I was approached about potentially doing something. The Sacramento Kings shut it down. They did not want me to go on, on there. So no. I sat front row, wasn't able to do anything, unfortunately. Uh, hopefully, it, hopefully it comes back. And I'm a, uh, hopefully it comes back and, uh, you know, it's a possibility. But, yeah. I was bummed out. That hurts. That hurts me. Definitely a child. It's definitely a childhood dream of mine. It'll happen eventually. It's bound to happen. Uh, but yeah, I really want to meet. Like, I got to meet like Pat McAfee. Obviously, yeah, I was going to say that. So hopefully, I can meet him, and and some will, some will work itself out that way. Absolutely. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say. I was waiting to ask you if you thought maybe you could get in there with Pat, because you know Pat's done a great job with his network and all of his stuff, and he's he's just crazy. Let's just be honest, but. Uh, I don't want to make it too serious here, but I did have one more question for you here with our, with our rapid fire. And I guess to kind of close it out here, I don't think we have any more questions. Um, what is the best advice that you've ever received uh, in, in life that you'd be willing to share with some of our listeners? Yeah, I would say probably the best advice I've ever been given is probably that it's bigger than you, right? As a young kid, I thought the world revolved around me, uh, you know, I thought that, not that I should get handouts, but I just, like, I get mad if but people would do something to me, like I get cut off in the middle of the street or driving or whatever the case may be. And I think the best advice that I've just been told is like, yo, at the end of the day, like, it's not all about you because there's, it's, it's like the world doesn't revolve around you, right? Like you're just one part of the puzzle and that in the sports aspect, like uh, there's people watching me, there's kids watching me who look up to what I do. Uh, see what I do on a daily basis and kind of, uh, you know, like follow that or, or, uh, you know, think what I, what I do is cool. Right. So like, if you're doing something that's like boneheaded that you should be doing, like you just don't want to give off the, you know, the wrong, the wrong thing to people. So just at the end of the day, it's, it's bigger than you. I love it. I, that's great advice. I think we could all live by that. Tyrese, as we wrap up, please tell everybody where they could find you on social media and maybe just what we can expect for this upcoming season for the Pacers. Yeah. Uh, so follow me on social media if you want to. Don't care. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Um, follow my Twitch, twitch.com. Tyrese Helleburn is my account. I am in LA right now, so the setup is a little bunk, but I just bought a house in Indy. So I got a full game room being set up. Uh, top, you know, microphones, cameras, everything. It's going to be lighting. It's going to be dope. It's going to be cool. So follow my. Follow me on Twitch. That's what I'm most excited about. But yeah, if you want to follow me on Instagram, Twitter too, that'd be cool. Uh, but just for this season, I think what you can look forward to uh, for myself individually is me just going out there. I'm going to give 100% every night. Uh, a lot of people might say that. That might be a cliche answer, but I'm just really passionate about what I do. I really love the game of basketball. And I think my job as a basketball player is to perform in the way that would make fans proud, right? To just do yeah. everything that I can. Um, and I'm, you're going to see the best version of me, the best that I've ever looked as a basketball player. So I'm really excited for that. And then uh, for for us as a, as a unit, I think we're just going to be really fun, really exciting, make a lot of different plays. Uh, but it's not always going to look the best. There's a lot, <laughs> a lot of room to grow for us. Um, so, you know, I think just stay patient. Rome wasn't built in one day. So uh, I think there's, there's a lot to be excited about. Yeah, for awesome. sure. And I was going to say, I was going to say real quick, if you haven't noticed, the Pacers have had a long history of guys winning most improved player of the year. So, five of them. Uh, yeah, so that five? Yeah. Five of them. 
Name them off. Flash, who are Jaylen they? Jalen Rose, uh, Danny Granger, Victor Oladipo, um, Jermaine Paul George, and then uh, did I say Ron, was it Ron, Jermaine O'Neal? Jermaine O'Neal, yeah. Jermaine O'Neal, right on the jersey right over here. How can I forget about my guy? I know. So, What's wrong with you? you know, hey, I think you can make the sixth most improved because, you know, I don't know if you have as far to go as it relates to a most improved, but I think you can make the next you know, most improved player in Indiana. So looking forward to that too. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate you guys. Well, Tyrese, we want to thank you for coming on. It's been a blast. We really appreciate it. And hey, we hope to, you know, have you on sometime, maybe next year. Yep. Perfect. Thank you guys. All right, Fachi, there it is. Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, really fun interview with him. Just Kind of nice to get to know him a little bit better. We still didn't get that Carlisle story that he'd tell us at the end, but oh yeah, we'll have to have him back on because he owes it to us. He does owe us that story, but honestly, Tyrese is nothing but a class act. Guys, behind the scenes, we were promised 15 minutes. I think we went over 40. So Tyrese was nothing but cool at all the time of the day for us, and just you could tell, really loves being Indiana Pacer. Just talked about the home that he bought in Indiana. This man is planting the roots, and I cannot wait to see his time in Indiana unfold. Yeah, just just really down to earth, really funny, and uh, I enjoyed the authenticity from him as well. Uh, just kind of letting us know. I mean, it would have been probably cool to talk more actual basketball stuff, but um, we kind of kept it casual for the most part. So maybe next time if we have him on, we can do that. But overall, I thought it was a great listen. It's always good to hear uh, from these guys and, and these players, especially uh, the face of the franchise. Absolutely. Look, we know his game. We know the ins and outs of it. But I feel like today we learned so much about Tyrese off the court. What's going on this offseason that it makes me root for him even harder. I mean, this right here, when we talk the franchise, this is what it's all about. Talking about building his relationship with Carlisle, building his relationship with his teammates. The man, he set the stage. He said, guys, it's it's basically, it's not going to be a championship this year, but we're going to be fun. We're going to be, you know, we're going to work to get better and it will happen. And that, that sets the stage for the fan base to be like, we can't be too hard on this team this upcoming year because it's not going to happen overnight. But when we get it right, oh my God, it's going to be fun. Yeah, for sure, Fatch. I, I'll just say this, just a class act guy um, on and off recording. I mean, there were some issues that we had. He was always... Really nice about making sure and going back and re-answering questions if the audio messed up or whatever. So just really thoughtful, really caring. And, you know, sometimes when you get athletes on shows, they just, you know, we've done it before and they've kind of been like, ah, you know, I'm not in the mood. But no, Tyrus was very, very polite. And I just want to say, Indiana, you guys, you know, fans, we've got a really great person, not just a great player, but a really great person that's on this team. How did we get this lucky? How? We got a, a, oh my God, we got an all-star in the making who, he's an all-star on the court, all-star off the court. I mean, he is the engine that makes it go, and I can't wait to see what's next. Alex, I'm fired up right now. I really am. <laughs> I, can, I can tell we need to rein this in and end this, so Fachi, let do. us know where the people can find us out on social media before we Absolutely. lose it. Absolutely. So you could find us on Twitter at setting the pace three. You could find Alex on Twitter at Alex Golden NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F A C C I. You could find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You could find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. And you could find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they could check us out on YouTube. YouTube, Setting the Pace, a Pacers podcast. Subscribe. We're going to have this interview up 
on YouTube as well. So if you guys want to check out Tyrese Halliburton uh, and see what he was wearing, see what he was you know looking like on the episode, you guys can check that out there as well. But Fachi, if you're excited that Tyrese Halliburton is the franchise point guard for the Indiana Pacers, then say these three words. Let's go Pacers! <laughs> <laughs>